From thezebrablog.com, welcome to Before and After, the Furniture Refinishing Podcast. I'm Lane Ball. Then I'm going to really have to do some kind of cushion because you're not going to want to sit on those panels. Um, so I cut a door to fit and it worked out perfect. And at that point, That's so I knew. Creative. <laughs> That's so <laughs> creative. It's all recycled too, which is totally my jam. Yeah. Like I love mm-hmm. using and stuff I that totally- I already have. Yeah, and I can totally relate to like when you're in the zone and you're feeling creative, like you just got to do it. There's no time to and there's no stopping. Go. There's no stopping. <laughs> yeah. If you see a door and it might work, you go for it. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I thought. And I'm like, I like the idea of it being all like repurposed and not new. We think you'll enjoy today's special podcast as we talk with Katie Cloud of Katie and Company Furniture Restorations. And I say we because Jessica with Blue Peaches Furniture is going to join us as we make a special announcement on behalf of the Zebra Diaries. Stay tuned as we hope to inform, inspire, and have a little fun. Welcome back to the podcast on this crisp fall day, Katie and Jessica. Hey, Lane. Hi, Lane. How are you all today? I'm doing great. (laughs) We're going to talk at the same time, aren't we? (laughs) You talk first, I'll talk second, Jess. Okay. Um, No, it's, it's, uh, I'm doing well. Thank you. It's, uh, I know you're going to ask. So it's raining here and it's about 10 degrees. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. You know what? I don't have my app open to translate. I bet that's about, what is that, Fahrenheit? 45, 45 or something like that. I'll Google it right now. It's um, well, it's it was thirty here this morning when I woke up and everything had a little light crisp of white all over it, like frost degrees. everywhere. Yeah, which I mean isn't unusual, but it's pretty cool for mid October still. Yeah, I always want the the transition from the seasons to be gradual. It um, it's not always that way in the south. Sometimes it you know it'll it'll be hot longer than expected. And then we'll have that very short window of that nice 60 degree, 70 degree weather. And then it turns, you know, cold. Yeah. That's so here I'm too. Hope- it's like 70 degrees and then it's 30. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I did pull up my app and the 10 degrees Celsius is 50 <laughs> degrees. So yeah. wow, you're, so. you're doing good up there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not for the first time in the history. I'm not in the coldest place. <laughs> so thanks Katie. <laughs> yeah, that feels good. That feels good, doesn't it, Jessica? Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> well, as most of you know, back in March of this year, Zebra began partnering with the Furniture Diaries to bring you exciting monthly theme contests known as the Zebra Diaries. The contests have generated a lot of enthusiasm within the furniture refinishing community, and it gives us an opportunity to really highlight the talent that is pervasive in this industry, and we hope we'll continue to do that, but as well, we hope it will bring awareness to those who are interested in purchasing your beautiful pieces. I mean, who wouldn't want to own a -a one-of-a-kind piece of furniture that will last for generations, in many cases rescued from the landfill, restored and refinished by a talented furniture artist? Okay. I know that was a mouthful, but important to convey nonetheless. I also want to note that there are currently six gifted refinishers that make up the Furniture Diaries that are also the acting judges for the Zebra Diaries. With that said, Jessica, you have an important announcement about our judging panel. Yeah, I am so excited to announce that we have 
our newest member, which is Katie Cloud. And we couldn't be more honored and excited that she is joining our team. She has over 13 years of experience in refinishing. I mean, I personally have looked up to her since I be, began refinishing and she's knows everything there is to know about painting and always mm -hmm. does beautiful work. So um, we're, we're super excited to have her um, join us as one of the judges and for this month she is also donating um, her candles as prizes so in addition to D Lawless hardware and paint couture and the zebra brushes there also will be candles as the prize so that's very exciting yeah what Yay. an incredible month of prizes that's just great <laughs> I want to win <laughs> yeah. we've admired your work for a long time Katie and you are certainly one who has paved the way in style and design for many of those in the refinishing industry. So we're really excited to have you as a judge for the Zebra Diaries. Thank you. Well, we have a couple of other things uh, we want to chat about. Uh, Jessica just mentioned the candles. And so we want to talk about your candle line. I want to just say as a personal note, um, these candles uh, smell great, but they also look great too because they're really cool packaging. So they're going to look great in, in your home decor. So Jessica, why don't you... Um, why don't you uh, start the questioning? Let's let's talk about uh, Katie's candles. Yeah, so I mean, I've admired them from afar, and uh, I mean, you do such a good job. Um, they just, like Lane said, they look so pretty. They're just pieces of home decor. Um, but what got you? What got you started into to making candles? Um, I think when I when I opened my brick and mortar, I I did it as a kind of a showroom. I needed to get my furniture pieces off of the farm and into a town where there was, weren't people coming out um, to our farm and just, it's muddy. We live on a gravel road. It's dirty. So we got this showroom in, in this small little town where my, my shop is at. And I knew nothing about having a store. Like I couldn't just put furniture in it and it was just bland and kind of bare. And I was like, I need to do something that that can go in here and can sell also and I always dabbled in candle making just for fun here and there and I thought I should I should really make candles again and sell them and do this and it just went crazy I just the town started loving them that was my biggest supporter I didn't ship them right away it was just a everyone in town would come in and I just really support me and buy a candle, buy a candle. And then the word got out. That they're like, these are really good. You know, soy candles became so popular. Um, I just feel like in the last 10 years, maybe. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. I just needed to fill the space and I needed a smaller item because, you, you know, these are all big ticket items. And it's like, oh, I can just go in there and look because I'm not in the market to buy a dresser today, you know, and that was something everyone could pick up and put in their bag or their purse and take home with them. Man, I bet your shop smells amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and I get that. I have a signature candle I've made since the beginning and it's um, my address is 305 Main Street. So the candle is called 305 Main and it's super mysterious and it's it's just good for male and female like it's a just a really good candle and so I, I usually have that one going um, during the seasons I have the seasonal ones going but everyone that walks mm -hmm. in is like what is that so that 305 main has been the favorite for a long time how many how many scents do you have that are part of your standard 
Um, my like signature classic collection, um, I have eight and I've kind of changed up a little bit because it's really hard to keep eight all the time. Plus the six to eight I do for the seasons. Um, so like I have the classic ones during, um, spring, summer, fall, winter into my collection. So the, for the winter collection or sorry for the fall collection, which is my favorite, I have eight, which is a lot. And then I keep three of the classics in with those eight because they're kind of cozy and warm and more of a fall winter scent. And then once spring gets here, I'll have, um, different or winter, I'm sorry, winter gets here. I'll add, um, a couple of the classics that kind of transition into not yet spring, but a little bit lighter. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like after the holidays, we're kind of like over cinnamon and <laughs> we're over like the, all the Christmas tree smell. And so I kind of incorporate some kind of just natural, like sh I have a shiplap candle and succulent garden that everyone loves. So they start coming back into the collection. So, yeah, I think I have, I have eight fall. I'll have six for, for the winter collection. And I usually only do like four spring. Um, I feel like people burn candles a lot more during the fall and winter because we're inside. Um, mm -hmm. And then the summer and spring, we're out and about a lot and not burning candles as much. So yeah, it just depends on the season, I guess. And so you mentioned that, you know, having eight is a lot. Um, I, I can imagine you're, I, I know you, you're hand making these. So can you tell us a little bit about like the process that goes into this candle making? Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of people that actually ask that, like, what do you mean you hand pour these? Um, I get people think that I, I'm like dipping candles when I tell them I make candles. They're like, Oh, like dipping them. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> not quite that much worse. Um, so it's a science like there, it's not just melt the wax, put the scent in and pour the candle. It's your, you get your jars, you get your wicks, you get, you have to wick all your jars, um, which my mother so graciously has been helping me just because we've been so busy. Um, and my mother-in-law helps a lot too. Um, labeling the jars, putting the warning labels on them, wicking the jars. Um, the process of making the fragrance into the wax, you have to have it at a certain temperature. You have to stir it for a certain amount of time because if you don't, the fragrance can, it won't bond with the wax. Um, you have to let the the wax cool to a certain temperature before you can pour it. You have to have your room set at the right temperature to, mm. to get um, your candle to be really smooth on top, to not have sinkholes and ripply candles. Soy wax is really finicky and it's hard. And I think that's why it's why it's so good because it's one of those things that it mm. takes work. Um, so it definitely took me, I'm not going to lie, like two years to finally feel like I had it <laughs> all mm, figured out. Wow. And so, yeah. And then once they're cooled, which it takes a, <clears throat> it takes, I always wait like a full day before I even go back and check on anything and, um, trim the wicks, you know, put the lids on, do the labels. And then there's a curing process, um, which it depends on who you are. Um, it, you know, some candle companies recommend three days, some say a week, some say two weeks, some say two months. I usually try to let mine sit on the shelf for three weeks um, before I was doing it in three days. And I know that the 
the fragrance wasn't completely at its best. Um, so the longer they sit and cure, the better the candle will be. So yeah, that's kind of the process. It sounds like it would be something super easy, but it does. It takes a little bit of practice and work and, you know, trial and error. It's quite the science, isn't it? It is, yeah. And so much love and patience poured into each candle, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> Um, Everyone. So, yeah. Um, do you, okay. So you mentioned something interesting and I obviously have never made a candle in my life, but I love candles. So does the scent keeps getting stronger the longer you let the, the candle cure sit or does after a certain amount of time, like after two years, will the scent start decreasing or will it just keep getting stronger? Um, I've, I don't really know how to answer that one about the two years because I, I don't think I've held on to one long enough to know, but I, um, it gets stronger as it sets. Yes. It cures and the, it's hot throw can be, it gets stronger. Um, I do have a gal that messaged me a couple of days ago and she said, I'm, I'm burning my apple candle from last year and it is amazing. Like, so I know that. I've held on to candles probably a year and a half and burnt them and they're, and they're still really good and really fine. I think there probably is an expiration um, on a soy candle just because it's soy. So yeah, I just, I'm not sure about the, after a couple of years, if it kind of, you know, fades out or if it stays as strong as it was, you know, the year before. Mm. And so for anybody interested, where could you, where can people buy your candles? I sell them in my shop in Moville. If you're local, um, I sell them on my website to, um, the United States. I'm working on international, especially for you, Jess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that should be your biggest priority. Get them to Canada. <laughs> um, I do have stockist. I haven't really pushed it out there yet on my wholesale because I don't know if it's, I'm just kind of scared. Like I, I'm ready, but it's, I'm getting ready to just throw it out to the world. Like, Hey, I do wholesale, like you can get these and sell them. So I've just put little snippets and kind of little previews of these are headed to Vermont. If you went in Vermont, you know, and um, I have a lot of wholesalers on the East coast. So I have like New York and Vermont and Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I have a Texas. Um, I have uh, several in Iowa, um, kind of locally around the area. So slowly building. Um, but on my website, you can find um, the stockist of where you can buy them. So if they're near you, or you can always order them online from me. Um, that's awesome. And if, so if someone's interested in wholesaling them in their store, would they just message you or? I actually have, um, a wholesale inquiry on my website that you can find there. Awesome. And like well, to I... be, to be a wholesaler, um, there's requirements and you have to have a brick and mortar store to be able to sell them. And that's all kind of in the, in the contract and everything. So yeah, you can find that on my website. 
Well, that's awesome. I've got to say, like, I see your candles on um, Instagram, and every time I so wish that there was a scratch and sniff app on the phone that I could <laughs> smell them. Smell a vision. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, you know, I, I see so many people um, sharing the candles and talking about how amazing they are. So I definitely have candle envy up here in Canada. So I cannot <laughs> wait till you, we figure out how to get them into this country. And um, yeah, well, that's very exciting. Yeah. Katie, I, when I was young uh, in high school, I worked at a um, pizza store. My parents were co-owners with another family and uh, we would all come home in the evenings and we were saturated in the smell of pizza. And we got to the point where pizza was not something that we really wanted to eat. <laughs> we didn't want oh, yeah. it on the menu. <laughs> I mean, it was great pizza, but do you, have you guys, I mean, do you, um, do you tire of the smell or you, does it, is it something that just you're like, you know what, these these are just every time you open up a candle with a different, um, you know, smell that you've created or a different scent. I mean, what's what's the experience like actually making, producing candles and then, you know, how, how much you you uh, continue to enjoy them yourself? Um, I don't feel that way. And I think if I if if I did ever. I would move forward to the next scent. Um, uh-huh. I think I have them out for just the right amount of time to where you're going to miss them and you're going to be like, oh, I can't wait till next year. Um, and I feel the same way about them, but I, every scent that I have chosen, I love it. And there's not a scent that I'm like, eh, it's okay. Somebody else might love it. I love them. Like I, that's cool. I, I've had a couple that I've had for five years that I'm fizzling out and people get sad, but then they're like, Oh my gosh, this new one, like it's okay now. Um, so, and candles are supposed to spark a memory. Mm-hmm. And so every one I have, it's a memory, like it's a good memory. I'm like, Oh, when I was little, like something I can't put my finger on it, but this is something my, my godparents had at their house. And I just, I loved being there. And it just reminded me of like Thanksgiving time. And so I love them all. <laughs> I don't get sick of them, but maybe other people do. I don't know. I have a gal that just constantly, constantly buys Succulent Garden and 305 Main by, in bulk. Like she just loves them. I'm like, do you ever get sick of those? And she's like, no, I love them. I burn them every day. Yeah. So well, that, what, a, what an incredible testimony. I mean, even from yourself about, you know, you only make you only create scents that you love and that you love continually. Now, out of the eight that you have, I guess those are your, your more, your fall uh, scents. What, what is your, I mean, do you have a favorite out of those that you're just like, this is the uh, best. It's, it's so hard. Um, so I, it's kind of between three. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love pumpkin, everything. I know that's pretty basic, but I love pumpkin truffle. It is just, uh-huh. It's not too sweet. It's not too spicy. It's, it's so good. Um, so that's like my favorite. And I've had that one for ever since the beginning of candle making. Um, and then this year I have a new one that's called campfire stories and it is woodsy. It is sweet, kind of like marshmallow. It's got a little bit of, uh, it's just kind of mm-hmm. rustic, but sweet. And it's so good. Like, so I've gotten so much good feedback on that one. It'll be back next year. And then I would say third is the fallen leaves. And I like the fallen leaves because it's different than any one I have. There's, it's, it's woodsy also, um, but it's, 
it's hard to explain. Like that's why I take my my um, description, my scent description, super serious, and it takes mm-hmm. me a long time to figure out what exactly to write because I want them to be really accurate and I want people to be like, oh, that's the one. But this one, it's not sweet at all. Like it's just for the person that doesn't want that sugary sweet candle and it's mm-hmm. it's just so good it's just a, i love all of them it's hard to pick a favorite but if i have <laughs> to pick one it's probably the pumpkin tr- truffle is it well, yeah my my uh eight-year-old would would uh would say the same she loves the pumpkin truffle oh, <laughs> she just so thinks good. that's the greatest <laughs> now it, the, it, the are all of these all available right now yep also i'll have the fall ones available um until the end of November-ish. Um, my winter collection actually will come out November 1st. So that will be here in no time. So I'll yeah. have them together. I don't ever quit the fall right when winter starts because I have so many people that love the fall. Mm-hmm. And that carries over into November sure. here. You know, Our winter technically doesn't start till. I mean, our winter starts sometimes at the end of October, but the actual season isn't until December. So I carry them into November because Thanksgiving in the United States is here and we still are doing the, you know, festive fall kind of deal. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I, I know uh, for us, we're going to, we, we definitely want to try campfire stories and fallen leaves because when you read the description, you've done a good job on the description. Um, I mean, it's like, we got to, we got to try those. Those look really, really good and the other best yes. way i can describe them is is i would say that they're clean and what i mean by that is that they don't smell man-made um yeah they, they yeah. smell authentic and the other thing i would just add is a lot of times when you open up um you know a candle and you smell it you get that full burst of scent but what another really nice thing about these candles is that it's not they're not too strong i mean they're just it's a mellow smell of that scent mm-hmm. that carries through consistently while it's burning. And, um, actually some of these candles make you really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. So, Don't burn them late at night. That's right. While you're laying in bed, you might get up and get a treat. <laughs> With respect to, cause I know a lot of people, they ask these questions when it comes to paint. Is there anything toxic in the paints? Well, what about the candles? Is there anything toxic in the candles? that people need to be concerned about whatsoever. Not these candles. And I get that question a lot, actually, um, because like spas and stuff, and I used to work at a spa, actually, they're really particular about their ingredients and what's going into the air and what's coming, going into your lungs. Um, So everything is phosphate, I mean, everything is free of Mm -hmm. everything. It's 100% pure soy wax. Um, The fragrances, there's nothing harmful in them. The wicks, I get a lot of questions about the wicks. Um, they are lead free. So mm. everything is clean burning. Everything, everything is good. So well, yeah, A-plus. yeah, I get that. Uh, I get that question a lot. Well, thanks Katie for partnering with us, uh, this month on the giveaways. We have uh, tremendous gifts that, uh, certainly are enticing to everybody. Well, Jessica, why don't you tell our listeners about Katie's latest contest win? Uh, cause we're going to talk about, uh, the piece that she won in detail. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So for those of you who follow Katie or Country Chic Paint, we did a lustrum challenge and Katie's piece, um, she did a green, um, well, it was an antique bed that she turned into a bench and she won first place. And uh, there's no doubt why, because it was phenomenal. Um, And so we had questions for you, Katie. We were interested to know how you did this. 
Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I have a lot of headboard and footboards because they're not really our, you know, standard queen and king size bed. I feel like we have now. And I've, I, they've usually come with furniture sets that I've bought like at auctions and stuff. Like you're getting the headboard, footboard anyway. So I've got a little stockpile of them. And I thought, you know, when winter comes, um, I'm going to have my dad help me. He's a a metal roofer. So he has a lot of downtime in the winter. I'm like, let's build some benches. Well, this has been said for like years and we just (laughs) haven't done it. And so when I got asked to be part of the lustrum challenge, I was like, Oh, like I love challenge. And I always challenge myself like when it's a challenge. So it's like a double challenge. And I thought I need to do something super different. Like I want to pick something that's going to be stand out and different than everybody. What can I do? And I am such a procrastinator. I think I started my project the the week before it was due because that's that's just how I am. <laughs> so my creativity finally like kicks it in high. And so I had <clears throat> I just gotten a bedroom set and this bed was sitting up on end and I'm like I should try it. Like I should just make a bench. And so I was kind of just putting things, you know, setting it up and thinking like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Like I can make a day bed. Like I wonder if a crib mattress could fit in this, you know, going through everything. And I had talked, consulted with my sister a lot. She helps me with um, decisions on in business. And I said, should I make like a skinny bench that could go like in an entryway or should I do something grand and make like a big bench that you could lay on and like have on your porch? And she's like, do a big one. So of course that's (laughs) what I decided to do. And I... I didn't, I mean, I kind of knew where to start. I looked on the internet. I got on Pinterest, of course, and was looking at just kind of ideas. And um, I kind of knew in my head what I needed to do. But once I started going, I was running into little snares. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I have a Craig jig. I can Craig jig this together. It'll be sturdy. It'll be solid. Um, let's just roll with it. I was down there just kind of planning in my shop. And I cut the footboard in half directly because I, it was going to be a bigger bench. If it was going to be smaller, I probably would have, you know, took a two two foot chunk area in the middle out and used the side chunks. And so I butted it up the middle where I cut into the, to the headboard and it wasn't lining up. Right. So I'm like, okay, I could cut some of the foot off and it would lower it. So I, cut some of the foot off. I got it kind of where I thought it needed to be. I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, I need to have my husband or somebody come help me. Like I definitely needed four hands for this. Like I couldn't hold the bed, try to glue it, clamp it, screw it. I'm like, I can't, I got to do it now. (laughs) now. (laughs) So I had paint cans sitting underneath of my bed, like trying to prop it up using my sawhorses and I got one side glued and Craig jigged together and I couldn't stop. I just kept going. I did the other side. And so I had the bench together that, that afternoon. So it, it wasn't like it was hard. Like I knew what I needed to do, but it was a challenge to get it where it needed to be to get it where I knew it needed to be, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, cutting, I had to take the panel off the, of the footboard and, um, kind of shifted a little bit and anyway um once I had it together I honestly just used one of the side rails that went across um the front I had to shorten it a little because it it was too long the side rail was too long to go um side to side so I shortened the Mm -hmm. the rail and I actually just hooked it back into the 
the footboard. After that, I had to build a bracket for the bench to sit. And at this time, I didn't know I was going to have a cushion. I am not a, an upholsterer. I don't know one thing about it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, but my, I noticed, I'm like, okay, my bench is kind of low to the ground. I feel like it needs some height. We'll, we'll deal with that later. So I built um, a bracket for my wood to sit on. I went out in my wood pile and I was looking. I'm like, I don't have any. I don't have anything long enough. I don't have enough wood, but I wanted to do it now. And I didn't want to run to the city. Like I think we're 17 miles to the nearest Lowe's. Um, so we have a collection of doors. And I thought, well, I could see if I could cut a door down and put a door as the seat. Then I'm going to really have to do some kind of cushion because you're not going to want to sit on those panels. Um, so I cut a door to fit and it worked out perfect. And at that point, so I knew. That's <laughs> so creative. That's so creative. It's all recycled too, which is totally my jam. Yeah. Like I love mm -hmm. using and stuff I that totally, I already have. Yeah, and I can totally relate to like when you're in the zone and you're feeling creative, like you just got to do it. There's no time to. And there's no stopping. Go. There's no stopping. <laughs> Yeah. If you see a door and it might work, you go for it. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I thought. And I'm like, I like the idea of it being all like repurposed and not new. Yeah. I did. I did have to use some new um, lumber to make braces for the bed to sit on. But yeah, the, the door worked out really good. And that at that point, I knew I had to do some sort of cushion because you couldn't, it wasn't going to be comfortable sitting on this hard door that had, you know, panels in it. So I left it at that for the day and <clears throat> I came back the next day, like right away. Cause I was excited and I love my color. Like it couldn't have been a more perfect color for me. I'm, I'm a big fan of green and the, the color is called fireworks that I got. And it's just the best green. It's like a grass green and really true green. And I knew uh, I wanted to do black and white stripes with it. I wanted like a very modern, but vintage look. And I knew that that would, that green was going to bring in the modern. And I knew like the black and white stripe. I don't know why, like it just kept coming into my head. I'm doing these black and white striped pillows. Like I'm going to do them. I wanted to do a black and white striped bench seat, but I thought, okay, that's going to be hard to sell. Like, I don't know if everyone is going to like that. Um, so I just honestly got a hold of my mom and said, I need help. We got to, we got to do this reupholstery job this project is due tomorrow <laughs> and <laughs> so we ran around the city getting supplies and honestly this is funny um I didn't know what I wanted to do for fabric yet and I thought you know something neutral and we were looking at the fabric store nothing was popping out and I said mom I'm gonna go home and take one of my curtains down in my bedroom because they're painters no. drop cloths. <laughs> they're painters drop cloths that I actually no um, way. <laughs> kind of bleached a little bit so they were lighter. They weren't, you know, they weren't so yellow. They were just a creamy white and it's pretty tough fabric. So I'm like, mm -hmm. we're gonna go just take one of my curtains out of my bedroom and that's gonna be the cushion, the seat cover. We're gonna use this painters drop cloth. So after lots of lots of layers of batting and um, some pretty heavy duty foam, we used the drop cloth from my curtain and stapled everything on. And it wasn't like it was hard. It, I mean, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was very time consuming, very tedious, which I'm all about when it comes to like repairing a piece of furniture um, and a project. But for that kind of thing, I just, ugh. <laughs> um, 
so it was done. Like we did the seat. I went down, we put it on. It looked great. And then I'm like, there's something missing. Like I got to tie some of this black in with these pillows because it just wasn't, there was something I needed. So then I ended up um, getting some upholstery nails and that was fun because, you know, when you're creative and you're in a hurry, you got to just wing it. And I literally took a dowel and marked every half inch and stuck it up to the fabric, put a little pencil line and just started pounding these little nails in, <laughs> um, <laughs> hoping that they would come out straight and they're not perfect, but they're good enough for me. So mm. that's kind of how that went. Um, it was really fun. It definitely was a challenge, which I'm up for a challenge all the time, like I said. So, yeah. So do you have curtains still in your bedroom? Have you replaced um, them? I have one. <laughs> so mine is missing on my, my side of the bed still. So I need to go buy some more drop cloths. <laughs> okay. Um, and are you... <laughs> Are you um, are you keeping that piece or is it for sale or have you sold it? Um, my plan was to keep it and I get my heart set on these pieces. It's really hard. Like I, people always ask, how do you sell all this? I'm like, well, this is how I make a living. Like this is yeah. just for, <laughs> for fun. keep everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love to. But I honestly, where I'm living right now, we don't have the space for, for where I've envisioned it. So... I don't know if I'm trying to hang on to it for the future or if I'm going to sell it. I'm probably going to sell it. Um, I need to take it up to my shop and just set it up up there and see how, see how it goes, I guess, and see what, what, um, what happens. So not in a hurry to sell it. I'm not mm, pushing it. I'm not, not trying to sell it. So more than likely it'll be in someone else's home. Well, Katie, with all the, the furniture finishing that you've done over the years, uh, rate this one for us on a level of 1 to 10, 10 meaning most difficult. Because uh, people are listening and they're saying, man, Katie tackled this piece. It looks beautiful. I want to do it. How would you rate that level of difficulty from your own experience? I would say <clears throat> if you're doing it by yourself, a 9. <laughs> the easy part is the painting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. If you have an extra set of hands, like I wish I would have had a little bit more help putting the bed together, um, but I'm stubborn and was going to do it anyway. I would say if you had help, you know, with your putting your bed together um, and with a reupholstery, if that's not something that you're familiar with, I would say probably like a seven or an eight. Mm -hmm. Like, was it? It was just the fact that I didn't have the extra set of hands I needed, but I think anybody can do it. Like, it's just if you have some direction or if you can, you know, find some plans, you can read, you can cook, you can read, you can build. Like that's what mm -hmm. my, my mom always said. If you can read, you can cook. And I kind of feel that way about building. Like I've only dabbled in it a couple little here and there, um, doing like nightstands and stuff. But if you can read, you know, the directions of the plan, I feel like you can do it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's such a creative idea. Like I loved it. And I know I have about, five or six beds and like you said because they're they're sort of doubles right like so a lot yeah. of homes don't have doubles anymore and a lot of times refinishers go and buy the set and the bed frames included in it so i i'm guessing the majority of refinishers out there who have a stockpile of furniture have many of these beds that yeah. are just sitting <laughs> in the back of their 
their workshop or wherever. And um, so I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of these pop out now. Um, I think like you've definitely inspired me. So well, I might not be. Well, just let me tell you, we're going to be watching your feed. <laughs> okay. You should do a pink one for the October theme. <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready to tackle this project just yet. <laughs> Maybe it'll be my New Year's resolution. But there yeah, you go. no, that that's great. And thank you so much for walking us uh, th through it because, uh, and just even coming up with the idea and the creativity behind it, um, you know, it really inspires others. So yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Well, that's, that's Katie pushing, continually pushing the envelope, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been a jam-packed podcast with a fun time talking with Katie, announcing her as a judge for the Zebra Diaries. We're excited about that and great discussion on Katie's candles and then talking about the transformation of Katie's first pay place bench in the Lustrum Challenge with Country Chic. We are looking forward to exciting days ahead and thanks, Katie, for taking the time and thank you, Jess, as well, for co-hosting today. Yeah, thanks for having me and thank you, Jess, for you know, doing this. This is awesome. I'm so happy to be, be able to be a part of this. Well, we're excited to have you and thank you, um, Lane and Zebra for everything you guys do. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see the pink pieces. Me too. Yes. Well, you both have a beautiful day. You too, Lane. You too. Thank you. We are grateful to each of you who listen to the podcast faithfully. It has been exciting and fun to bring awareness to the growing community of refinishers, as well as making folks aware that when shopping for furniture, there is a network of artists all around the world from whom you can purchase these one-of-a-kind furniture pieces. Consider helping us to spread the word by growing this podcast. Please write a review on one of the podcast directories screenshot your review and send it to lane at enjoyzebra.com that's lane l-a-n-e at enjoyzebra e-n-j-o-y-z-i-b-r-a.com along with your mailing address and we'll ship you a surprise thanks for listening and happy refinishing